When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. This week on Horror Movie Night, we show you our water snakes, reveal our dark side, and salt the sauce. It it makes the dish. And get ready to swing your dick around, because this week on Horror Movie Night, we're talking about Sleepaway Camp. So this one was picked by me. I've got so many notes. And let's let's address the elephant in the room right now. This is episode 50, guys. <laughs> if If you've been hanging out with us all night, you've been watching a bunch of movies with us. And now here we are at episode 50. Uh, just a couple days before the one-year anniversary of this podcast, and that is pretty damn exciting. So let's let's tackle Sleepaway Camp. I feel like this is this is one of those movies that has been covered by a lot of different movie review podcasts, and uh, I think it's important that we save it for something like Episode Fifty because it is kind of one of those infamously so bad it's good kind of movies. This is one of my favorite movies. I'm super excited to talk about this, guys. So literally, the very wait, 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 wait. whoa, whoa. I just have to say, I really don't think that this movie is that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're like, oh, you've been saying for for like all week, you've been like, oh, it's so bad, it's good, and I, I just think it's good. <laughs> all right, uh, it's it was me that for the past year has been complaining about how bad this movie is and how much I didn't want to watch it. And we will get to that. We will <laughs> definitely cover that. All right, so here we go. Literally, the very first thing you see. To start off this movie is a just a title card that says "For Mom, a Doer," which is possibly the most confusing thing of the entire movie. Because why would you dedicate this movie to your mom? Like, there's nothing. Maybe, maybe mom was originally dad. <laughs> I love the opening to this movie so much like everything about this i love the the way the credits are done with like just these cool pans across an empty uh an empty camp and you hear the sounds of kids playing and then it just like lands on the 
you know, camp closed sign, and then we get this flashback, and there's all this great dialogue on the boat and terrible accents, like just the worst accents. Uh, I have a few of my favorite quotes in here, which is uh, the the geeky guy who's the boat uh, driving the boat has like nothing but good lines in the movie, where he's like, "Is your old man going to get me a job when I get fired?" <laughs> which is like his whole reason for not letting her drive the boat. And him screaming, "Turn the wheel!" has become like a catchphrase amongst my friends. There, there isn't a single line of dialogue in this movie that isn't baffling that somebody <laughs> sat down and wrote it out and, and like oh my god uh that water skier girl uh <laughs> after the accident she gives it like 150 percent and she's just out of control she's like oh my god <laughs> but my favorite person in the whole movie is is the kid's dad's gay lover who has the most beautiful delivery of just the word john like immediately yeah, after- yeah. Where it cuts back to him for a split second, really close to his face, and just, John! Like, <laughs> and, like, that whole scene's great, and then immediately we're introduced to the weird aunt, who is the star of this movie, in my book. Like, she gives oh, the I'm most... Sorry. I called her T-Mom. <laughs> she is the most baffling performance in the entire film. I, I sometimes will talk to my roommate like her. That was certainly nice of me, wasn't it, huh? (laughs) I packed you a whole bag of chips, at least I think I did. Uh. Oh, I remember, I tied a ribbon around my finger so I wouldn't forget. Like, she sounds like someone's... Becoming Keebler Elf. I was going to say, she sounds like someone's impression of, like, a prince. Like, like, the way she was... Like, just, this is the least fluid, least human acting I've ever seen. <laughs> like, she's, like, a fucking robot or so. But I just, like, when she did, like, the chip thing and she, like, puts her hand up to her mouth, like, I wanted her to just turn to the camera and be like, do you think I'm fucking crazy? I don't know. <laughs> well, okay, here's here's some info on that character, um, or, or my assumption of some info on that character. <laughs> Um, I'm almost 100% sure that that character is played to be a drag queen, like is played as a drag queen, because that that there's no other explanation for how weird she is. She definitely for her to be like. She definitely sounds like Nathan Lane when he's playing the mother in the Birdcage. Like that's yeah, essentially yeah, the entire exactly. performance. Well, she's definitely a woman, though. Yeah, like, I'm I'm certain she's a woman. Oh, because she is. Yeah. yeah, because the guy, the dad, was hiding his gay relationship. No, he wasn't. I, you're getting influenced by how I how this get made, and that is ridiculous. <laughs> this, well, luckily, I never I never listened to the how this yeah. got made episode. Yeah, no, it is just their aunt because he's like, hey, you got to bring the boat in. Doc's on the way, and they're like, are is uh, Aunt whatever bringing Ricky? And they say, no, he's with his father today. So like. The gay lover on the Wait, beach is just straight up John's gay lover, and that's just his sister, I guess. Okay, so I thought that when she they said, "Oh, is uh, Doc's on the way?" I thought they were talking about the 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 aunt. Yeah, that's what like, I mean. The, sure aunt, the aunt. Yeah, the aunt is a doctor. Yeah, because she fills she's out the physical. Doctor. Yeah, and she. But on okay, how well, on on the on the how did this get made podcast? They were obsessed with the idea that the guy on the shore is the Doc's husband. 
and that like they were hiding this gay romance and i'm like i think they're making it too complicated i think it's just two gay guys who have two kids and his sister is this crazy bitch name that they call doc like plain and simple you you may be correct then (laughs) actually it's starting to make more sense now that you're saying it (laughs) i wrote an email to them about this once that was the only time i've ever emailed a podcast i was like you guys are retarded this is exactly what's happening you guys are over overthinking this whole thing that's uh how you don't get invited to be on how how this get made (laughs) pretty much is to call them retards All right, so we haven't even talked about what actually happens in this movie. So the movie starts off with a father and his two kids. They're they're having a day on the lake, and they're run over by a speedboat. And then we jump to the fact that the father and the little boy... Oh, my God! Yeah. Oh, my God! The... The, so the father and the little boy, Peter, are killed, while the little girl, Angela, is sent to live with her cousin, Ricky, and his eccentric mom. Uh, and then... Wait, wait, wait. So if, if the guy... On, if they're just a gay couple... Then why doesn't she stay and live with that guy? Well, I mean, it was the early 80s. That may not have been, you know, they couldn't have been legally married. So it probably would have went to next of kin. Mm, true, true, true. Uh, so they so they go to camp. Where they had kids. <laughs> well, I mean, they could That's have adopted, maybe. I don't know. Let's not let's not analyze this too much. <laughs> so they go. So they go to camp eight years later. And uh, Angela is super quiet. And constantly picked on. And then she's almost raped by the pedophile cook because, I don't know, that's, this movie, that, the 80s. Uh, that cook that, just is hard, like, the the opening, the opening scene where you're introduced to him and he's just like, we call him Baldi's where I'm from. And uh, all of the other guys on the cooking staff are just like, oh, you, like, no one is like, this guy's a creep. He shouldn't be working here. Everyone's just like, oh, you know that guy. And his love of twelve-year-old children. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like the pedo jokes are less funny as watching this as an adult because I think this is like maybe the third time I've ever watched this, and and it's been at least a good decade since the last time. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? He gets probably the most brutal of all of the uh, attacks. So that you that kind of makes sense for that, the most uh, painful. Oh yeah. You don't think that a curling iron up your up your snatch is maybe <laughs> I don't have oh, a snatch so that... to, to compare, so I guess. Sorry, yeah, that's a much later like one of my last notes before just shit got too much for me to, to even comment upon. <laughs> the uh yeah. Jude's kill is just awful. Dot 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 not cool dot dot dot. <laughs> that's what I wrote down. Uh, um uh, also I wanna get this out of the way. This movie's body count is gigantic. Oh, it's massive. And they slaughter, like, like eight-year-old like kids. Most... <laughs> like... Yeah. Like the whole sleeping bag kid death yeah. scene. That's, like, five, six kids, right? Yeah, there's a <sighs> ton of people who get slaughtered. and This might have one of the highest body counts in slasher history. <laughs> Summer camp slashers, non-Jason as a supernatural killer. Yeah. Although most of the Friday the 13s don't actually have, like, really, really, really big kills i feel like they've got like six this one is at least in the double digits oh it has to be so the well the thing is she kills five kids out in their sleeping bag so of course she's in the double digits so well but the cook apparently isn't killed and i love i love his scene because a i just like the the effect like the look of his hands up in the air and you're actually like seeing as the skin blisters away it's like a pretty impressive effect for like how low budget this movie is but 
I I don't know if I'm supposed to laugh when I watch the movie, but like when he's getting wheeled away and he's still no and, and he touches arm, <laughs> <laughs> and he's screaming and screaming, but the dialogue of the doctor is like so good at how much it's trying to drive home how painful it is. Where he's just like, I've just never seen anything that bad, and they're like. What about his eyes? Oh, he'll never see again. The pain must be excruciating. Like he's... It, uh, it must feel like every single one of his nerves is on fire. <laughs> he literally de- delivers every line like Adam West deliver, like solves a case in Batman. Like it's very <laughs> like monotone and deliberately paced, and just it's. Oh, I love this movie so much. I, I love that as they're wheeling him out, he's screaming his fucking head off, and then they get outside a screen door. And the sound immediately drops away. <laughs> I, don't, I don't love that nearly as much as the fact that his arm is like, gets like, he's got his arms up and he's like, oh, and then they go by the door and like ram his left elbow into the, into the door jam. That's why I'm laughing about this whole time. Like, you guys are the worst EMTs ever. Um, yeah. So, and then like Mel tries to cover it up. Mel, Mel, the camp counselor is also like one of those guys who's just oddly shaped in general um there's a scene <laughs> later also hands down the worst actor in this movie oh he's terrible but there's a scene later on in the movie where he is literally beating a child to death and yep. i'm just looking at him like that dude's arms are like freakishly long for like the rest of his body like it looks so weird in that scene so then we jump to the rec center which has is another scene that's just packed with quality quotes because that's where we uh, we meet the a few of the bullies that are picking on uh, on Angela uh, and one of my favorite lines in the movie uh, hey Angela why are you so fucked up <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. like we're this. missing we're missing two things two things about the counselors uh, who are equally shitty um, <laughs> I, this whole time you know you're just like my name's Meg. M E G, and I actually, <laughs> what did I do? I'm sure you can imagine. I turned to my beautiful wife and I'm like, Meg, M E G. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> she, I'm sure she hates us now because we've thrown this into her ongoing collection of fucking ridiculous quotes that you throw at her. Hey, I'm sure this you... won't last nearly as long as William Sadler. <laughs> do you like um, Kurt Vonnegut? M E G. Do you like Kurt Vonnegut? <laughs> Um, then, then we also got to talk about Ronnie, the guy who's so jacked, but he's like reverse Duke because <laughs> Duke is a fucking asshole, and this guy actually cares. Oh, he's trying so hard. He's actually like the nicest character in the movie. He's watching out for the How kids. Is- and, like- he has a delivery. Yeah. He has another delivery that I love because every like the New York accents in this movie are like un- New Jersey or New Jersey. Yeah, the thick what? New Jersey accents are yeah. like out of control. But there's that line, uh, and it, we're jumping a little ahead. But the one bully gets drowned. And and Mel is like trying to force the police to just declare it an accidental death, and then there's this dialogue between Ronnie and the cop, and the cop's like, "What was it that you were trying to say before we bit your head off back there?" And he just goes, "I was just going to say, I remember he was a pretty good swimmer." And like that's like, like 
It's just, oh my god, the accents are what make this movie. Like, the dialogue is so bad, but being delivered with these horrible Jersey accents just make it all the worse. You know Uh, whose accent might be even worse is Jude. Because Jude's, like, got this bitchy princess accent that she puts on. Uh I, mean, I was really glad. Why does really glad An- she died? But why does Angela not have to play volleyball and gets to talk to boys all day? Like, can you tell I've watched this movie like a hundred times? I have this fucking movie memorized. Um, yeah, you truly yeah. do. It's, it's kind of upsetting. <laughs> uh, so, hey, I, so we, we gotta we gotta talk for a second with all the sports in capital letters that happens. Here. Oh, I was gonna say, oh. did did I accidentally skip the baseball scene because that's pretty important because it means fucking nothing to the movie. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's filler. So this is, for, this for is 10 the point minutes. where I, this is the point of the movie where I'm like, you know, I never realized this when I was younger, but there's a really crazy lack of female skin and an abundance of male skin in this movie. Oh yeah, and that on top of the fact that we have a transgender killer. At least one transgender character, if not more than one. Or, uh, you know, like, whatever. This movie, and, and just how campy the, the ant is at the beginning, I know it's a jo- like punny to t- call her campy, but like, in a, in a drag queen sort of way, yeah. this movie, like, must have a huge cult following in the gay community. I, I, I'm curious to find out if it does. I mean, it definitely has a cult following in the horror community, but yeah, I'm curious if that actually right. is like... Because I could, I could one hundred percent see this movie being like double featured against any John Waters movie, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like literally yeah. any John Waters movie it would fit right at home with. Um, well, maybe, maybe not just the gay community, but the LBGT community would just like. I, I feel like it, it really is within the wheelhouse of what they think is tongue in cheek humor. Yeah, I don't know. I've watched a lot of RuPaul. <laughs> So's Adam lately. <laughs> yeah. 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 That whole baseball scene, there's that one uh, back and forth that I like where the character's like, eat shit and die, Ricky, and eat shit and live, and like, boom, end of conversation, like, he wins that. And then there's that geeky kid, Mozart, who just gets shit on the entire fucking movie. There, there was one line in that baseball scene where uh, somebody steps up to bat and he goes, ah, don't worry about this guy, he sucks dead dog dicks. <laughs> the cursing, the child cursing in this movie oh is like unbelievable. It's top notch child cursing. <laughs> I think that there's more child cursing in this movie than like Bad News Bears, and that's <laughs> saying something. There's more cursing just in this scene than Bad News Bears. Um, but yes, you say fuck in this movie so many times. <laughs> Well, Ricky just goes on, like, a fucking cursing stream every single time anything happens to Angela. Like, I don't even think there was dialogue written. It just said, Ricky will curse. Ricky will ad-lib cursing. <laughs> He's you fucking assholes, you pieces of shit! Like, just losing his mind. Oh, oh it's such a good movie. So the, the bully gets drowned while singing a song underneath the canoe, which it's like a weird thing that happens in a lot of 90, or 80s movies where the character's just like, Singing a tune to himself, so he's like under the canoe, like "Hey, Bobbery Bob, hey, hey, Bobbery Bob," and then, I mean, no, and- when Meg gets killed, the same thing. She's got, she's doing some stupid ditty too. You're yeah. absolutely right. <laughs> and uh, the, my one of my favorite deaths in any of the Friday Thirteenth in Friday Thirteenth Part Five, when uh, the black dude from Return of Living Dead has to use the porter potty because of the damn enchiladas, yes. and he's just sitting in there like. Ooh, 
ooh, baby. And his girlfriend's like outside the border, baby, like, ooh, ooh, baby. <laughs> God, I love 80s slash movies so much. They it's are like, a lot of fun. Like, <laughs> so much fun. But I, I think a lot of you my issue... You just shut your brain off. That's what's so good about yeah, it. Yeah, it's just yeah. stupid shit. Like... <laughs> A lot of my issue with this particular movie, though, like Friday the 13th and that kind of stuff, I don't ever really feel gross when I'm watching it, but there's so much stuff going on in this movie that really upset me and just kind of, like, turned my stomach a little bit. Like, how sexualized these children are and, like, how sexually active they are in the movie are attempting to be. (laughs) That young, all that young man, all that young man ass when they try to go skinny dipping, but none of the girls want to join in, so they just do it anyway as a group of guys. That's another scene that I'm talking about, man. It's so weird. Like, it doesn't fit. It's like, like, Um, there's there's only one reason to go skinny dipping, and it's not so you and your bros can, like, play around in the water naked. It's like... Well, they straight up say, they're like, who wants to go skinny dipping with 19 dudes and no chicks? And then all the chicks, all the chicks are like, nah, we don't want to come. And they're like, well, fuck you. Yeah, you're, you're missing out. <laughs> hey, I think I have a really important question that'll shed some light on all of our questions. Have any of us, did any of us go to summer camp? Nope. Uh, We've I had did this conversation not. before, didn't we? I did once, yes. Was it? Was uh, there a lot yeah. of dudes skinny dipping together at summer camp? Uh, ab- absolutely, positively, fucking not. But this was in the 80s either, so I don't know. Stuff was a little more lax back then, I think. <laughs> so, so, so meanwhile, yeah, I never went. I, so I, I have this, I have this idyllic, which is really fucked up to say, but I have this really idyllic um, concept of what summer camp is like. Was like in the 80s with like the short shorts. With the you know like the the racing stripes on the side and around the leg, and then the tube socks with our matching colors, and the the white sneaks with the white Adidas with the black um, strips, and then you're wearing like a baseball tee, and you have your bowl haircut, and there are girls that want you to touch their boobs because everybody is twelve and hormones are going crazy, and then there's a killer on the loose, and there's <laughs> shit food in the cafeteria, and there's like. And you start you dating. Know, you start dating your best friend's going steady, s- super mute sister or cousin. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is this is what I assume summer camp was really like. Um, and then Megan, my my saint of a wife, brings me back down to earth and is like, "Dude, I went to summer camp and I was a counselor at summer camp. It's nothing like in the horror movies." <laughs> I'm like, but can I pretend? <laughs> so, so I mean, at this point, uh, not that anyone listens to our show not expecting spoilers, so I don't know why I'm trying to protect the identity of the killer. This movie is 25 yeah, years yeah. old. Angela, Angela's the fucking killer. But she is, without a doubt, in this movie, the most, like, I have never felt more, like, genuine sympathy towards a killer in a horror movie. And, like, I like the character of Angela. Like, it's, you feel bad for her all the time. Like, I actually feel happiness in the scene where, like, Ricky's best friend is just, like, talking to her after everybody's been picking on her. And then she, like, finally talks for the first time in the movie and says goodnight to him. And he gets all excited. I'm like, yay! Like, she's fitting in. This is great. Until he's just as bad as everybody else. Yeah, he starts cheating on cheating on her with the camp slut Judy, who used to be Ricky's ex girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> I lo- I, I also love that dude's opening line uh, when he goes oh, up to Ricky's. Jude. 
<laughs> man, oh man! Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, it's such a great movie. Um, it is a, a lot of fun. Like I should not enjoy it because it's so awful. Like everything that happens is so bad, but it's it's really entertaining. But yeah, so then it so there's so there's a scene that. Like I said, I've watched this movie a thousand fucking times, so I, I've caught all these weird background things. There's the scene where they're at the beach, and and Angela has decided to forgive Ricky's friend for cheating on her with Judy, and uh, there's like a whole bunch of shit that's all happening at once. So like the camp owner Mel is screaming at Ricky at this point, and um, <clears throat> and then meanwhile like Judy and Meg are like picking up Angela to throw her into the water. And then, like, a bunch of little kids who get slaughtered, like, throw sand on, on Angela while she's coming out. But while all this is happening, if you pay attention, in the background, Ronnie's just fucking rocking weights. <laughs> just, like, all... I, I saw that! <laughs> I love it! Like, all this crazy shit's going down, and in the background, you're like, is that dude lifting weights? And then you look a little bit closer, and you're like, it's fucking Ronnie! Ronnie's back there just pumping iron while this is all going down. And, and <laughs> you're watching it afterwards, and you're like... Where were you? Yeah. Well, you're watching it. You're going, was that a character choice or was the actor just lifting weights in the background and they shot around it? Is it, is it, is it Ronnie that comes in there and is like, hey, Jude, you know you're a real peckerhead, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, yes! that's a 12 year old girl. A, you're a real peckerhead, Meg. <laughs> I'm going to say that to Megan later tonight. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're a real charmer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I listen. I got her. I don't need to, to worry about keeping her right. That's how marriage works. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this is basically what builds up to the giant night of slaughter. All this it, happens, yeah. and then it's the day. night. But <laughs> the the I I was I was impressed with all the kill, with all the dead bodies. Yeah. Um, up to the point, and then Meg gets sla- like just cut down her spine, and. I was really impressed with the, the the makeup because it took into account like that she's been dead a while and it has like blood pooling in her under her skin and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I don't know who did the the special effects for this movie, but kudos, random special effects guy from 1983. Kudos. You know what? We actually skipped one death in this movie, and that is death by bees. <laughs> oh, the death by bees. <laughs> Uh, we never really get to see the end result of that. Yeah, really. which is a bit of a buzzkill. Oh, my God. <laughs> I am silently pumping my fist in the air after I said that. I was so happy. I uh, am silently pumping iron because I'm Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this, that, I always forget that that one happens and that that is because of uh, back when I – so back when I was trying to make a movie – we were working with this production company and they were like, look, you need to come up with a name for your company. And my roommate and I, who I write all the scripts with are like our favorite movie that we watch together all the time is sleepaway camp. And we are like, all right, well we should name it something that's related to sleepaway camp, but that's like a super subtle reference to sleepaway camp. So that like only hardcore fans would even guess that that's what the movie was that we were referencing. So we named our company, rooftop water fights because of that scene yep. where it's like seven dudes on the tiniest rooftop but like there's no way that there's anything fun happening up there it's just dangerous that's all it is why would you ever 
rooftop water balloon fight is never <laughs> like that's not a good idea. But they are wearing exactly what I assume every boy wore <laughs> at camp in the eighties. So it's okay. But again, this is another one of those like it's straight playing to the gay crowd. Like yeah. gay men must watch this movie and be like, Oh, I remember summer camp. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like uh, gay guys that listen to the podcast there has to be at least one out there like please weigh in tell me how crazy this is um, but then this is it's a great example of Rishi just going off on one of his swear tangents like he goes straight like it's they must have taken done so many takes and just sliced it all together because he definitely calls them a couple names multiple times um I, I, but you're right that there's so much child swearing in this movie. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, so we so the the night of the big massacre, it's you know they kill Meg, who who wants to have sex with Mel. Yeah, who it was like really into banging Mel, uh, yeah, which that makes was, that what was another hell? part where I was like really upset with the movie. I was like, oh, gross. <laughs> well, like here's something that I'm confused by with that is like Meg did something kind of fucked up that afternoon and her reward is that she gets to have the night off like that my the justice part of me is upset with that also um, her, her her like uh, the other counselor in her uh cabin the the redheaded girl yeah she's like she thinks that meg is a total piece of shit yeah. for the entire movie until that scene she's like oh you're so lucky yeah like like oh water under the bridge um, so yeah, so that ha- so so Meg gets killed, and then Judy gets the uh, you know the 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 curling iron and the woo woo, and that happens, and then um, and only then- in the early '80s would somebody sign off on that kill. Like that is one of the worst kills. Hold on a second. Not only not only did someone sign off on that, like someone who wrote this agreed on that. Someone's parents agreed that that was okay with them that their <laughs> child acting daughter gets killed by a curling iron in the crotch. <laughs> like let's be honest though, Judy is a total bitch and I'm sure that she wasn't acting. Oh, yeah. Her parents were like yeah, yeah, maybe this will teach her for one to be in movies. I mean, did she do anything after Sleepaway Camp? I don't know. Probably not. I, I would lean towards probably not. I think one of the Sleepaway Camps is like Judy's Revenge, though, isn't it? No, no. Angela remains the killer throughout the entire film, uh, the entire franchise. You know what would have made the... Go ahead. You know what would have made the the sequels so much better is if they had the same girl playing... Uh, Angela. No, I I love no, Springsteen's daughter. I love her performance as Angela in at least the second movie, uh, Sleepaway Camp on Happy Campers. Which spoiler alert: we're probably never going to talk about Sleepaway Camp three or Sleepaway Camp four, but we will talk about Sleepaway Camp two because that movie is also fucking amazing. Got some too. Oh, it's got a ton. It, the The issue with it being all male nudity and no female nudity is completely reversed in part two. <laughs> that movie is borderline like Cinemax softcore porn. Um, so, so then Mel discovers Meg's body, loses his shit, thinks that it's Ricky. He's been blaming Ricky this whole time. Beats the ever loving shit out of Ricky, and then a super impressive arrow to the neck kill happens around here. Uh, and then the of all of the of all of the moments in this movie that make me laugh out loud, 
I want to know, did you guys notice that the cop at the end of the movie had electrical tape on his face for the mustache? <laughs> no. Are you for real? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 I've seen screenshots of that so many times. I always forget it's from this movie, but I love it. Uh, I will pull up a picture for you while we continue this, Adam. You're going to, like, punch yourself in the face that you did not realize this the first time around. This movie, so the story, because I, I had to listen to the commentary track and find out, like, what the hell is the story with that? And it was that they had to do reshots, and the yeah, actor he's, he's... shaved it off, and then they were like, well, fuck. <laughs> so there's this close-up in the movie. I just sent you the link. Okay. From Dr. Hump. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Hump's the website I was able to find the picture at. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> uh, so that that is... Uh, the big, like the big moment for me in this movie, and then it's followed by the even bigger moment. Um, no, no pun intended on that. Uh, so here's my history with Sleepaway Camp, and the first time I ever watched this movie was that I had heard about the movie, I had seen everyone giving it like a one star review, but I was seeing like Sleepaway Camp two getting like three, four star ratings on like the early days of the internet when people, ha- everybody had a horror movie reviewing website, and uh, I was like, all right. I, I still don't want, I really want to see part two, but I've got to watch part one first. And part one, for whatever reason, was super hard to track down. But I had already read that at the end of the movie, the killer has a penis. Like, the chick has a penis, is what people kept saying. So, my a friend of mine bought the box set, hated the movies. Like, he bought it because someone recommended it to him. He hated it, and he was looking to get rid of it for five bucks. So I was like, fuck it, I'll buy it for five bucks and I'll keep it. And I still have it. And I paid five bucks, went home that night, popped in Sleepaway Camp 1, and the whole time I thought that maybe the killer was a hermaphrodite. Like, that was my, I'm like, the chick has a dick, it's a hermaphrodite, I don't get what the big deal is about that, why that's so shocking. I was not emotionally prepared I... for the reveal. <laughs> um, that's, really? That scene where the ant is talking because I still didn't get it. Like I'm sitting there, I'm watching it and there's this flashback and the aunt's talking to Angela and she's talking to Angela and she's talking to Angela. And I'm like, where the fuck is this going? Like, what the hell's the point of this? And all of a sudden she's like, Peter and Pe- the, the head rises up and you're like, holy shit. Angela's her brother, Peter. And like that fucking shattered me, like emotionally destroyed me. And then there's just that shot of her, the, the you know the the drunk college kid that they paid to be the the stand-in, just standing stiff as a board with this creepy mask on, just going like, ah, ah, like. <laughs> uh, to be fair, it wasn't the penis that 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 was so shocking to me because I I knew the end of this movie before I watched it because it was already infamous by the '90s when I finally got around to seeing this. And uh, and it was the fucking face. Yeah, that face that is terrifying. Is terrifying. It's so, like it, you know, and people people shit on this movie because like there was a robot chicken where they were like where it was like oh my god, Angela was the killer and Angela yeah, and, and they're like oh my god, someone remember this movie and made a comedy sketch about it. Um, and I feel like. That I mean, I used to really like Robot Chicken, and I still really like Seth Green. But I always thought that was a really cheap joke, and I always hate when people criticize the ending of this movie because they're lying to themselves and everybody else if they think that that wasn't like an amazing 
shocker at the end of this in 83. And, I mean, I watched it, like, what, 15 years later or whatever, and it was still incredibly shocking to me. And I had seen tons of horror movies by that time. I think I, I think this movie gets a bad rap for that ending, and, and it really doesn't deserve it because I think it's great. Yeah, and I, I actually genuinely – one of the few times that I've ever been scared, like – and not like scared, like, oh, I'm terrified to go to sleep. But, you know, like when you see something and it freaks you out enough that you're like kind of like in your mind's eye, you're like, if I look at this thing, I'm going to see. like, I don't know how to word it, but I watched Sleepaway Camp. That face was so creepy. And I remember I was in the basement and I had to walk up to the third floor to my bed. And like in my mind's eye, every window I walked past, that face yep. was staring at me in the window. Like it was yep. just such an iconically frightening face that they made with that like when they were making that mask, um, and there's a documentary where, where uh, Felicia Rose, who plays Angela, reveals that she's like, when they made the movie, they didn't tell me the ending, so it wasn't until like I was watching it in theaters that I was like, wait, I was a what? Like she was like, like as equally <laughs> baffled by the twist at the end of the movie as anybody else. But fun fact about that is that the actress who plays Angela is in my hometown like half of like at least six months of every year. Because she married Ben Margera's brother, uh, the lead singer of CKY, because CKY made one of their album covers, Angela's Face, from Sleepaway Camp, because they loved the movie and got roles in Sleepaway Camp 4, and she came back to repraise the role of Angela for Sleepaway Camp 4, and they met on the set and fell in love and got married. So whenever he comes to visit, like his, you know, Phil in April, he brings her with him, and she's always like roaming around this area. <laughs> Holy that's crap! That's fucking insane. insanity. Yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> like, that's fucking... What the the reveal at the end of the movie isn't as crazy if it didn't come with the weird arty fucking uh, like shots that they did beforehand, where it's like the two gay men making out on the bed and caressing each other's faces, and then. Um, Angela and her little brother, or maybe maybe her cousin, I forget. I think I, it's her brother. Sure. I think it's her brother, Peter. Yeah, and he's like, you know, pointing into the her chest or whatever, and like, and then it and then it cuts to the mom, and it's like, yeah, you're gonna be a girl now, right? Right, Angela? Okay, get ready for that. <laughs> and like, if, if but they don't do any up, like. That's the that's the thing that I mean. I guess it was the '80s. It was different, but they didn't really do any hormone therapy. They didn't. Like, she's not transitioning. She's just dressed up and treated like a girl for 10 years. Yeah, which they later, you know, in the in the sequel, the very first thing that they say is, like, after she was locked up in the sane asylum, she demanded to get a sex change because she felt more comfortable as a girl. And then, like, from that point on, the rest of the series, it's a, you know, it's a transgender um, killer and not just a transvestite killer. Uh, but uh, Transvestite? Oh, and an acceptable word to say. I don't even know I don't, anymore. I don't know. I guess cross-dressers, the more... Maybe. Uh, I don't, who knows? I don't, whatever. There's I mean, too many phrases you can't... Yeah, yeah, there's too many phrases that you can't use. I, you know, I don't maybe, blame it, but it's it's confusing. I don't maybe, know what can be said or not. So maybe the, maybe the gay community hates this movie. Can, maybe transgender people hate this series because they're like, oh, she's she's a killer because she was forced to, to be... The opposite sex, and then then maybe they hate it. I don't know. Like we really do need in? someone to write to us and, and clear some of these questions up. Actually, yeah. Like this is really this is busting my mind up in bad ways right now. But yeah, 
Sleepaway Camp, fucking great movie. I don't care what anybody says. It's probably my favorite slasher movie. And I know that that's an absurd thing to say in a world of slasher movies, but I have so much fun every single time I watch this because, like you said, there's really good elements. The special effects are pretty good. The, you know, the the twist at the end is an awesome twist. And then there's shit like electrical tape mustache and shitty Jersey accents that just fill the movie with, like, ridiculousness. And, I mean, Adam, you described it perfectly. There's not a person who acts in this movie as if they'd ever interacted with a human being before. Like, no one <laughs> no one acts like they've ever talked to another person in their lives. But that's, uh, that's Sleepaway Camp. That's And this is 50 episodes. We've done 50 episodes... Sleepaway Camp seems like a perfect episode 50 to me. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a lot to say about it. I mean, it was no Demon Wind. It was no Demon Wind. All five minutes that you'll never hear of Demon Wind. (laughs) But but let's get into what we watched this week. I I think that this is a good spot to jump into that. Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm. Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Uh, what did you guys watch this week? You know, excluding the six movies that we just sat through. <laughs> before, you know, pretending that this wasn't recorded a couple weeks in advance. <laughs> uh, what did you guys watch this week? Em? Uh, well, when we recorded on Sunday, did I did I tell you guys about any of the movies that I'd watched? Because I've watched like thirty fucking movies. No, you talked about HBO mostly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. cartoons, cartoons and HBO. That's my usual go-to. But um, <laughs> I've also I've been watching the Preacher television show as well. Um, How is it? Because so... if you listen to old episodes, you were like, I can't wait to watch this every week and shit on it on the podcast. But I've been hearing uh... that the Preacher show is not as bad as everyone anticipated. No, it's hard to shit on it because they've really changed a lot of stuff. And the more that I read discussions online, it's like, yeah, what was I thinking? How how were they ever going to put that on TV? Like, there's no fucking way they could. So. Yeah, a dude fucking a giant pile of meat that he made into a human being. Yeah, and what? that character's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made it to look like a gigantic fat woman, and he uh, he, fu- he fucks it. Yeah, Preacher's a fucked up comic, man. <laughs> yeah, Garth... Is, is that Garth Ennis? Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. Ugh, I really, uh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go on a quick tangent here about about comics, and um, I mentioned this actually. I think it was our it, it wasn't last week's discussion; it was two weeks ago's discussion because um, I can't remember when I talked about it last. But um, darkest timeline shit in comic books is is getting real old, and Garth Ennis is one of those guys that is really to blame for it, and. It's been years since Adam and I had had our our argument over uh, crossed, but <laughs> it's the same goddamn feeling where it's like, how awful can we make everything? Well, that's the thing. Like preacher, preacher is a was a nine book trade, and I would say that there's like three trades of great story within those nine, and then a whole lot of shock value filler, where it's like. 
like if you just take it for what it is, which is like the beginning and what the end is that he wants to achieve, because like the beginning of the book and the end of the book are amazing. It's just the like however many years that he's just padding time until he gets to that final book is gets super unbearable at points. Yeah, I think there it's is, funny uh... that you've read more preacher than I have. I completed the whole series. I, I it took me seven years to read the nine trades because like I would feel dirty after every trade and be like, I don't want to read this anymore. <laughs> oh, you shouldn't you shouldn't read the boys then. Yeah, I, I have the first trade and that was as far as I got with the boys. That's that's when it immediately hits you in the gut and you're like, oh, gross, fuck, <laughs> damn it. Yeah, Preacher, like it's, it's very interesting and like, it deals with a lot of interesting concepts, so it's worthwhile to read it. But there is a lot in there um, where, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like they'll just... Uh, accidentally stumble upon a party that's full of people doing just the most depraved sexual th- shit that you can think of and it's like okay well you you beat the shit out of that guy and then you left the party and I was like well what what was the point of that how did that further the story in any way shape or form it's like it, it's it's just filler right but the show it's toned it down a lot I know that there's a lot of stuff that they're not going to include in there uh, that just you couldn't fucking put on TV especially not AMC um, so it's a lot different, but the acting is great. Um, I love the the British guy that they got playing Cassidy. Uh, I love the guy that they have playing uh, Jesse. Like it's all really well done. Other than that, I watched uh, I watched like Captain America: Civil War, which was a uh, lot of fun. Yeah, that was a ton of fun. I did I enjoy that. Um, I watched like uh, X Men Apocalypse was fucking awful. Awful! Oh <laughs> yeah, my god! Just... It was just between us and anybody that makes it this far in episode fifty. Um, I'm gonna be honest. There was one redeeming character characteristic to that movie, and it had everything to do with the uh, Psylocke's outfit. <laughs> so I haven't seen Apocalypse yet, but I'm curious: is the movie is the movie awful, or is the movie like? We just watched how great Civil War is, so following it up with this is, like, no, super lackluster? No. or It's really bad. Okay. Like, it, it's been... not even that I hated X-Men Apocalypse, because there was a lot of points in it that were fun, but it's fucking schlock. Like, yeah, just it's straight, it's cartoony schlock that's in that <laughs> fucking movie. So. Like, it makes the cartoon from the 90s look like... I don't know... It, uh, a Martin a, Scorsese film. Yeah, man. In those 90s cartoons, there was a lot of like very th- serious and, and well-done storylines. And in this, fucking not so much. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, and they they just totally ruined so many characters. Like, uh, you, uh, Matt, I know you already know, um, but, like, they made the leader of the X-Men fucking Mystique. Yeah. Because Jennifer Lawrence is the most bankable name. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. It, she, never once is Mystique a good enough person to be that character. And and I guess I understand moving away from comic book canon sometimes for big screen. But adapt- it needs to make sense in some way, shape, or form. But there are so many better characters that were actually X-Men instead of arch nemeses of the X-Men that they could have chosen instead. But no, they went with the person that has the most star power technically i guess and they also and this is a this is a pretty big spoiler so anybody uh that hasn't seen x-men apocalypse and wants to not have a very minor thing spoil for them shut yours for the next 10 seconds uh jubilee is in her 90s outfit 
but doesn't use her fucking powers once. Nope, and she's there for about 19 fucking seconds, and that's it. And she's there she- long enough that she should have been in the in some battle. No. <laughs> so what else did you watch? Was it all comic book movies? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of comic book movies. I watched, uh, like, The Hateful Eight again. I watched Deadpool again. Um, yeah, that and a lot of TV shows. Oh, I'm Deadpool. about... What, yeah, I finally that? saw Deadpool. I talked about oh, that. Yeah, I don't know if you probably don't remember that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I discussed Deadpool a little bit on Primal. I liked it, but your your assessment of it, where you basically said like, I feel like I'm not going to remember anything about this movie in like a week. Like I don't remember really anything I saw in Deadpool. <laughs> exactly, because not a lot happens in it. Like, no. it's a very small, very contained story that happens there, and it's it's not you no, know we'll super exciting. Um. What was I, the other thing? Oh, I'm I'm like halfway through season two of Daredevil. So How, good. How's that going? Uh, I they, they they've uh, I'm only halfway through, so I, I still don't know what happens. But it feels like they've already completed the Punisher arc, and now they're giving me like two or three filler episodes with like Elektra and shit. And I'm like, ah, can we go back to Punisher now? <laughs> like that was fucking cool. I want more of that, please. So Adam, you're not done yet, right? No, no, no. I'm like, uh, I'm maybe five or six episodes in. Out of 13, you get more Punisher, I think. don't worry. Okay. And to be fair, I thought the exact same thing, and I asked my buddy Mario, I was like, hey man, um, like, is that it for the Punisher? And he's like, well, what episode do you want? And I told him, he said, don't worry, you get more Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> so as a friend, I'm letting you know that you get more Punisher. All right, Scott, what did you... And I hate, I hate the Punisher, I've always hated the Punisher, but they managed to make that a great character in that show. All right, Scott, what did you watch this week? Um, I rewatched Evil Dead 2. Does it still hold up as fantastic? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam Raimi, you have redeemed yourself. You are no longer a hack. <laughs> so I rewatched Evil Dead 2. Yeah, but while you were watching it, were you just like, that scene's from House? <laughs> yeah, that was the movie that we were specifically like, what a fucking yeah. hack Um But here's the thing, is I don't even care because I saw Evil Dead 2 first before all those other movies that we've discussed. And so um, it, it chronologically in my life, it came first. Uh, all right, so I told you a little bit about this movie, Scott, off the air. But uh, the movie that I watched that I want to talk about is actually a brand new movie that came out from Scream Factory not too long ago. Uh, And it's not one of them releasing like a retro movie. It's actually them releasing like an original new piece of of cinema. I I I was going to say shit. (laughs) It's a movie called The Funhouse Massacre. And uh, it will be discussed on this podcast one day. Uh, I, I can I can fucking promise you, uh, for no other reason really than the fact that it stars Clint Howard. But <laughs> this movie, uh, let me just read. I'll read you the the plot synopsis on the back real quick. On Halloween night, a group of United of the United States' most notorious serial killers escape from a state asylum and descend upon a giant funhouse whose theme is based on all of their different reigns of terror. The unsuspecting carnival patrons think that the carnage created at the park is just all part of the show until they become part of the main attraction. The only people left to stop the killers are a ragtag group of college kids, a clueless deputy, and the local sheriff, who seem to have a strange attachment to the leader of the maniacs, the silver-tongued devil, Mental Manny. (laughs) So it's basically like there's five or six famous serial killers 
that like one is a professional wrestler named Rocco the Clown who killed his opponents in the ring, and another one is like a guy who would do taxidermy stuff with dead bodies. Another one's an evil dentist, and then it's like a cult leader and like a a chick who was like basically she's basically Harley Quinn. I don't I don't know what, I, they don't really elaborate what she did, but she's essentially just Harley Quinn um, from from the from the Batman comics to the cult leader. Uh, and it's just kind of ridiculous and, and like the jokes actually work sometimes, <laughs> which isn't like a rave review, but it's, it's kind of a fun compared to like a lot of the overly serious horror movies that we've been getting or the super meta horror movies that we've been getting lately. It's cool to just get a straight up, like, Hey, we're just going to do a fun eighties horror movie. Like that's all we're going to do. We're not going to make it meta. We're not going to make it silly. It's just the type of slasher movie that you would have watched when you were renting movies in the like early to mid nineties. Um, which is why we're going to discuss it eventually on our ab- movie. Night. Ab- absolutely. Uh, and, uh, I guess like, uh, uh, coming soon cause I haven't watched it yet, but I did see, cause I still get, uh, movies in the mail from Netflix once in a while that, uh, tonight I'm probably going to watch American ultra, uh, which I hope will be good. <laughs> I think I didn't, I didn't hate it. I yeah. mean, don't don't have huge expectations going in, but I didn't hate it. All right, but yeah, that's a uh, that is Sleepaway Camp, nineteen eighty three, fifty episodes deep. Hopefully, we've got another fifty more. If not, uh, even more than that in our system. Be sure to check out hmnpodcast at gmail dot com. Shoot us some emails. Let us know what types of movies you want us to be discussing hell you can tell us to watch funhouse massacre i'm actually not going to say no to that you can you can steal my pick uh and there's also you know phone numbers that you can you can call and leave us some voicemails some of you have already done it and uh whatever if you want to keep calling and doing weird characters i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be opposed (laughs) to it uh you can call at 405 hmn podc uh, because it wouldn't let me do HMN podcast with an S. I guess that was already taken. So it's podcast or HMN pod pod C, uh, whatever. I'll take whatever number Google gives me at this point, but yeah, so <laughs> make sure you're helping us out rate and review. Thank you for all of the, all the stuff you guys have done for us over this last year. Um, I can't speak for Scott and Adam, but I can say that, it's felt really cool to know that there are people who actually listen and care and interact with something that we kind of just do for fun uh, every week. It makes I, it I, a lot easier to do. <laughs> I've had a lot of fun with it thus far. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe there are so many people that aren't like writing on the the group wall. Like, stop putting the theme song. At the beginning and end of every week's episode. <laughs> well, and, like, the fact that there are people posting stuff that are callbacks to, like, episode one and episode two is, like, crazy. Like, the fact that we had a thing on the Facebook page about the dude from Waxwork dying. Like, yeah. that's, that's I mean, that's super sad news, but that's super cool to me that an episode that we recorded almost a year ago, people still remember that we did an episode about it and are, and are talking about it. So, thank you guys so much for making us feel uh loved and appreciated despite how asshole-ish we are all of the time on this show
Oh, hell, son. I keep hearing about, oh, there's someone doing bad impressions. You try it. I'm going to come in there. I'm going to drink one Horweiser, two Horweiser. Okay, the Horweiser. And then the bottom line is, Matthew Kelly, you're the, call yourself the hitman. We well, put the letter S in front of hitman. You got my exact opinion of him. So I'm going to go ahead and drink one Horrorizer, two Horrorizers, okay, Horrorizer, and I'm going to watch me some badass horror movies. And if you got a problem with that, you step inside this 20 by 20 circle and we'll settle it, son. What? Oh, hell yeah. Yep. Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm. Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 